This is the Invincible Career Newsletter. I'm Larry Cornett. Do you enjoy the sound of your voice? If you're like most people, you probably don't. (laughs) I mean, I know that I don't like listening to myself on this podcast. And I have to edit it in GarageBand and that's hard. And I don't like seeing and listening to myself in videos either. And I guess it's normal. Research conducted by a couple of psychologists, Holzman and Rousey, found that you experience what they call an affective disturbance when you listen to a recording of your voice. It happens for a couple of reasons. One is familiar. I'm sure you've heard the sound of your own voice at some point in a recording, and it bothered you. What happens is you hear your voice normally going through sound waves in the air, but also conducted through the bones in your head. So your voice to you sounds deeper and more resonant. There's more kind of deep vibrations coming from the the conduction. When you hear it outside of yourself in a recording, it always sounds higher pitched. It doesn't sound like you and it it really bothers you. I know it. I don't like it either. But there is, um, there's some interesting stuff they called extra-linguistic cues that show up in your voice too. And that's because you know yourself really well. So you are picking up on these cues that tap into your emotional state. You can tell when you're feeling anxious or you're sad or you're upset. And that bothers you too. So you can do things to train your voice. And, um, I've worked a little bit on it. People who are performance artists, uh, voice artists, you know, musicians, people who sing, um, podcasters and so forth, they train their voices all the time. So you can train yourself to have a fuller, more resonant voice. Um, that includes things like belly breathing, you know, so you don't want to breathe into your chest. You want to breathe into your stomach into your diaphragm. You want to breathe through your nose. So breathing in through your nose is important. Use relaxation techniques to kind of calm yourself down, slow your heart rate. You have to find your natural pitch. Everybody has kind of a magical range and they have a pitch that is most resonant for them and for their vocal cords. And you have to find what that is. And stay within that. If you try to go higher or lower, it's going to tire you out. It's not going to sound natural. Um, And then trying to speak, you know, more fully, more resonantly. Don't talk through your nose. Yeah, we sometimes do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I fall into that trap. I have to be careful. I end up, uh, when I'm stressed, I end up talking through a tight chest and through my nose and it sounds terrible. So all of these vocal exercises are important. They are helpful. If you're going to be doing a lot of public speaking, which is something I recommend, uh, podcasting and so forth, it's going to help you improve your tone and your voice. But there is something else that's even more important. It's going to have a greater impact on how people respond to you. And that's your delivery style, your speaking style, your vocal style. It's more important than the sound of your voice. 
you can change the sound of your voice somewhat, but a lot of that is biology. It's the way that your vocal cords are made. Your delivery style is totally up to you. You completely own that. I've been working on mine for over 15, 16 years, and I'm still learning new stuff. I just learned something recently I'm going to talk about. Um, So what am I talking about when I'm referring to your vocal style, your delivery style? Well, it includes your posture. So whether you're standing, sitting, how you're holding yourself, sitting upright, your body language, the way you move, especially on stage, um, arm motions, hand gestures, those are important too. Facial expressions, you know, are you smiling? Are you frowning? What are you doing with your eyes? <laughs> I, I tend to squint apparently, I found out. Um, making eye contact with the audience or the person you're speaking to, your vocal tone, your rhythm, the volume, the pacing of how you're speaking, that includes pausing. So making use of effective pauses, super powerful. You know, asking a question to the audience and waiting, not rushing into the next thing. Um, The words you choose, you know, there's some words that... uh, (laughs) I found kind of trip me up. You wouldn't think, but yay, they do. So uh, thinking about those words, how you articulate those words, you know, that's important too. Your energy level, really important. The energy that you're bringing to the presentation, to the stage. And this all kind of gets wrapped up with a bow and it's your confidence. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Are you confident speaking to the audience? Do you seem calm, happy? You know your material. You're smiling. You know, you really are owning the room. Makes a huge difference. For the longest time, you know, especially when I was younger, I spoke too quickly. I'd rush my words. And as I did that, I would feel breathless and stressed. And uh, the biggest thing I found is my chest would feel really tight. So I'd be taking in breath and holding it and holding it and holding it and just feeling really tight and, oh, I hated it. I think I just wanted the whole thing to be over with. I told you I used to hate speaking. I hated public speaking. Um, I've improved somewhat over the past 10 plus years, doing a lot of speaking on stage, doing the podcasting. I've forced myself to slow down, to use dramatic pauses even when that silence makes me feel really really uncomfortable. And it does. It is so stressful to be standing in front of an audience, ask a question and pause. Just look at the room, you know, do that for a few seconds. I learned to use the stage and to use body language and making eye contact with people. Super important. However, I recently engaged in a production partnership with some courses that I worked on. I think I mentioned those. Um, I had to use a teleprompter to record my scripts on video, and I've never used one before. That That's new for me. Usually I kind of, um, I rehearse a lot. I told, I, I've talked about that. I've told you that before. Um, but in this case, I had to use a teleprompter because there was so much material, and they wanted to be delivered exactly as I had written it. And I caught myself just sounding really unnatural. 
I sounded so uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable, you know? So I, I had to do something. I had to find a way to overcome that performance issue. And I kind of, I don't know, accidentally, serendipitously, discovered my new secret weapon, and that is to find a vocal hero. Someone that you admire and you can study his or her style. In my case, I learned to channel my inner Morpheus to improve how I was speaking to the camera. Because even with all my practice, and I rehearsed the scripts for hours and hours and hours, I found myself stumbling as I was speaking them out loud. And it's just different. It's different than podcasting. So I was having some troubles with it. And facing the bright lights, you know, standing on a mark, you know, kind of a full body video. The teleprompter has the word scrolling. So you get kind of stressed out. You're like, I'm falling behind. <laughs> um, couldn't really see the director. You know, she was kind of off to the side behind some lights. And so I couldn't even pretend that she was my audience. You know, there's nobody to look at. So I was super stressed. And I got back into my old habit of rushing. I was stumbling over words and I was getting tongue tied. Um, but I had just recently watched the original Matrix movie with my sons a few weeks ago. And it hit me. I was, I think it hit me in the studio. And I was like, I remember listening to Lawrence Fishburne, you know, in the, the role of Morpheus with his really resonant voice and his deliberate, very theatrical speaking style. And I was like, oh, I can use him as my vocal hero. And I know it's way over the top, right? But you have to admit, if you listen to it, it really it captures your attention. It's captivating. You know, when he's talking about, isn't that worth fighting for? Isn't that worth dying for? And I wasn't going to simply mimic him. That'd be <laughs> ridiculous. You know, they didn't, they didn't want to work with me because I sound like Morpheus. Um, but I could tap into some of those techniques. So I rewrote some of my material so it flowed more easily, had a better rhythm. I had to optimize it for vocal delivery. I don't normally do that. You know, when I write material, it's, it's written material. It's a newsletter. It's an article. It's a book. I'm not thinking about the vocal delivery, and it's different. I also, because of this whole Morpheus thing and thinking about the way he was speaking, I began savoring the phrases and playing with the words and focusing on being in the moment and becoming more melodious. You know, that's a great word, melodious. <laughs> uh, anytime I caught myself drifting off course and rushing again, and it happens, you know, I'd record script after script after script, and I'd kind of drift back into my old behaviors, of course. I just paused. And I took a deep breath. And I visualized Morpheus. And I could hear his style, the way he was speaking. And it helped me refocus and slow down and improve my delivery. And I think it worked. I don't know. I guess we'll find out when they finish all the production of the courses and publish them. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen it or listened to it. So yeah, we'll see. Um, but I was also thinking as I was writing this about another actor who has just a magical voice. I, I wish I could reproduce it. But, you know, I don't have a great accent. I have that Midwestern accent, which is flat. People don't know where you're from. 
Uh, I don't have the vocal depth that he has. Uh, and you're probably most familiar with this person, Alan Rickman, in his role as Severus Snape in the Harry Potter movies. But if you're older like me, you also remember him from Die Hard and Robin Hood and Galaxy Quest. He often plays villains and enjoyed it. I shared an interview in the, in the newsletter with him where I want you to just listen to him speaking. Just play it. Maybe put on some headphones because it's even better with headphones. His voice is just amazing. He's so calm and his voice is so resonant. People have said it's dulcet in dulcet tones and he's never rushed. You know, he isn't rushing through anything. So this isn't about copying his voice, literally. I just want you to notice his confidence, the patience he has, the pacing. He speaks exactly as he wishes. He has his own timing. So after studying Fishburne and Rickman, you know, the big takeaway for me is to own it, to own my words, which I'd never really thought about before, and to fully own my time in the spotlight and enjoy it, not to rush it, not to try to get it over with. And when you are speaking, whether it's for a live audience or you're recording something for listeners later, it's your moment. Please take full advantage of it. When you have an opportunity like that, get as much as you can from it. There is a reason that you're speaking. There's some reason that you're participating. You're sharing your voice. I mean, why are you doing that? What is it? Is it to educate someone? Is it to grow your professional brand? Is it to get a job? I don't know, but you have a goal. That's why you're doing it. Don't rush it. Don't rush your time. This is your chance to be heard, for people to understand what you're saying, for them to care about it. Savor that moment. It's really important. So you have to think about who your presentation hero is. Is there someone with a vocal delivery style that you already admire? There's someone that you've watched speak or in person or you're in a video and you thought, that's it right there. That's how I want to behave and to speak and carry myself in front of an audience. If you don't, TED Talks are great. It's a great place to go, you know, quote, shopping for <laughs> presentation hero. The videos give you everything you need. You know, they're kind of full body videos on stage. You can hear how they speak. You can watch their gestures, how they smile, the way they move on stage and stand. You know, it's everything that makes a great talk great. You know, the best TED Talks are rehearsed so much and they coach them. So they're, they're some of the best things you're ever going to see, the best talks you'll ever see. So be an active observer. Take notes while you're watching. You're probably going to find that different speakers have different styles that appeal to you. You may really like how one person uses their facial expressions. You know, they look natural. They look happy. But there's someone else who has a better vocal delivery style that you like. You know, the rhythm, kind of the poetry of how they speak, the way they pause. So then go through all your notes and then start practicing. 
So I, re- I recommend, as always, record yourself. Do this on video. Pay attention to your pacing, how you're speaking, if you're rushing things, the rhythm of your speech, your body language, your tone. You're probably going to have to amp up your energy level. Unless that comes naturally to you. Most of us are a little subdued on camera. I certainly am. <laughs> the director I worked with kept reminding me, she's like, you got to exaggerate. You got to kind of go over the top with it. It feels really uncomfortable. You have to exaggerate your style, be much more energetic, be friendly, you know, smile before you start speaking, smile after you end speaking. Cause it's easy to fall into a monotonous, low energy cadence when you're performing a monologue to a camera with no live audience. Uh, you know, I, you know, I kind of fall back into that. So I have to keep amping myself up. So I want you to learn from these heroes, the people you select, but you're going to have to define your own style. What is your unique style? It has to feel like you. If you're going to use it and feel comfortable with it, it has to be you. It's too hard to fake being someone else, you know, but it's going to take a lot of practice to get it right. Just because it's you doesn't mean it's going to be natural and be perfect. It's going to take some practice and rehearsal to refine your style until it feels right where you, you kind of feel it, it clicks. So let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear who you think your vocal style hero is what you're nervous about or what you think you need to work on, what you're learning from all this. Um, Go back to the comments, uh, newsletter.invinciblecareer.com and let me know. I'd love to hear about it. Um, I wish you luck with this. It's a great exercise and I think it makes a huge difference in your professional development. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an, an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.